0: Oh, okay, so like I said, my name is Christina. I'm a food addict, and I will now speak for 20 minutes, so we'll give you a five-minute warning. This is a small meeting, so we're just going to sit around the table, and if you want to join us, that's great. Um, Like I said, I'm Christina. I'm a food addict. Um, I I got abstinent in Boston, Massachusetts, where I'm from. I uh, went to a boarding school, which is so weird that it's my high school reunion and Facebook is like the amazing sort of like, should I start making amends to everyone that, you know, calls, gets in touch with me, but um, I've taken a hold on that for right now. uh, I came into OA after meeting a friend of mine who I called. I'm, I'm uh, also uh, an, I'm an addict to other substances of, of um, abuse, anything. I'm, being black Irish, I think we're, ad- we're addicted to everything because we're so depressed all the time. You know, <laughs> anything I could get my hands on for relief, It's I was in, you know, whatever it was. But anyways, um, I came in, I called a guy for drugs, and he said, I haven't done them for 60 days. And I was like, what a loser. But something went, like, And he came and visited me at a bar I was working with. I wonder why I was working at a bar with food and booze all around. And he would just sit there and drink ginger ale. And I saw this, you know, that thing that people that are in recovery have. It's like a glow. And I was like, and then he started taking me around, and we were doing fun things, which I didn't do in my last two years. My last two years of eating, I went from 90 pounds which is like um, 30 pounds less than I weigh now, 260 pounds in about a year. So that is uh, insane eating. I was—I found out about the program, and I ate for one year to the day. My abstinence date is January 1st, 1987, and uh, I came in January 1st, 1986. And uh, so he hooked me up to—I uh, started going to uh, the other fellowship, and and I saw this guy, <laughs> and he was eating. Um, a trash bag full of um, popcorn, oh, like a glad trash bag. And I was like, oh, my God, these people are so much like me. I love them. And then I, I met this woman who had been a junkie, and she said, I, I said, I love food. I will shoot it into my veins if I could. And she said, I think you need to go to OA. And at that time, everyone, there was nothing but gray sheep. That's what no one, I mean, if you said the word white flour or white sugar, I swear, they would come out and cut your head off. And uh, so I got abstinent in Cambridge, Mass., where the, the gray sheet is from. And um, when I finally got abstinent, the women there for seven years, it was a mandatory, systematic, it was like, um, you know, rehab wasn't really happening in 87. So basically, this was the drill. You got up in the morning, you hit your knees, you said the first three steps. You weighed and measured your food, which I pretty much still do, um, ish. You know, it's, it's a little more uh, mellow, but you weighed and measured your food. You read the 24-hour day in the book, a page of the big book, where you read the whole big book through, and then you started again. Um, and, and you called your sponsor literally exactly on time, 545, 645, whatever it was. And I lost 40 pounds in about two months. You know, now we know, everyone, they, they talk about the zone. I'm like, please, I've known about, I mean, it's kind of a basic. You don't eat sugar and flour, and the weight is going to pile off you. It's just, we know this. I mean, they know this now. So, anywho, um, and I got into, there was a group in Boston, it was called an wall, which is not really OA. It's funny, this lady out there was talking about non-OA things, but this is what we did in Boston. I think it's the puritanical thing. Basically, it was an intensive study of the steps. And if you ate, you were kicked out. I mean, it was hardcore. And I joined a therapy group of compulsive readers. Same thing. You ate, you were kicked out. Now, that's not done in OA, and that's wrong. But for me, it was great because I'm very competitive. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to let those. And my first sponsor was like, those ladies, get to me, you know. And here I am, 20, and I was all like, just, I was nuts. You know, it's funny. My friends in the press, it's so weird. Tonight I'm going to see Aretha Franklin at Hollywood Bowl, and my friends in the press and told me that Michael Jackson was anorexic, and it was the pills, it was the pills he was on. They, they shot him up with speed, and I said, oh, my God, I so knew that. Like, you can tell. I just could tell that he had that, it's a look. And um, so I'm grateful I'm here today, you know, because I have the kind of en- a Michael Jackson energy, but uh, chose to go down another path, which was healing. So, anywho, I I went through the steps vigorously. I mean, uh, the first fourth step was, and that's really what got me. You know, that fourth step was 40 pages, and I just was so passionate. that It's so exciting, having uh, trained as an actor. I was so into myself, which we are. And I was like, oh, I get to talk about myself and write and la, 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 and, uh, And and in Boston, not only did no one eat sugar and flour, but God forbid you had caffeinated beverages. That was the antichrist. So we had our decaf, and we sat at the coffee shop, and I read that fourth step. And it was just so exciting. And my sponsor was like a Jewish lesbian, you know, who I would never really have anything to talk about, but we were like the peeps. You know, I was like, you get me, you get me, you know, and having someone go, oh, when you're thinking like, okay, this is the one where she's going to throw the decap in my face, and you're like, well, I was weird with my dog or something, and she'd be like, me and my dog were yeah. up, okay, corral, you know, and I was like, oh my God, and you know, and so it was, basically, I got, I got sober and an abstinent with Jewish lesbians lawyers, so no one, no one pulled any crap, it was like boom, you know, and just, actually a few of them got married, and it was very, um, very, and it was also during the time of the steps, I was learning about, I remember I went home, my parents hated the 12 steps, they thought it was a cult, my father says, we're Italian, I'm a surgeon, I went to those meetings, you know, and if you had something wrong, you just cut it off. You don't <laughs> tell them, you don't tell them about these things, no, you know. And my mother was a dieter, only thin person in an obese family. And I remember watching her, you know, cutting the cake, like so thin, like this, but like nine times. And the this, this, um, sweet and low, and the sanka, God, and the rage, you know. And um, so, you know, I started weighing and measuring my food at home. And, uh, and I got this little postal scale, and I put all my shrimp on it, and then it fell off. And I was like, ah. But it was the first time, like, someone I remember a long time ago said, we just corral our food. That's why I've never really, uh, yeah, I know, I know. Well, in this way, I mean, not the other way. Because when I thought about, about Atkins when I was using, I, I thought one cup of rice meant uncooked. So I would just, but even that was better. You know what I mean? It was much, much better. Because my thing, and this was the scary thing. I would wake up, this is so weird, at 3 o'clock in the morning and binge. It was on the dot every single night. So those first nights of uh, abstinent, people said, hold on to the sheets. And I would sleep. I, it was like I was I was jonesing. It was the sugar, flour, you know things that you're going to bake, but why bother mincing a word? It's much tastier just eating it out of. And even my Italian grandmother, who I was semi living with, said, "Christina, I think you're eating too much." And I was like, "Oh my God!" I mean, she's always like, "Manja, manja," and I mean, but I had, I was I couldn't stop eating. So anyways, so after seven years of abstinence in um, Boston, I was working with kids and a mother said, "I think you should move to LA and become an actress." And I was like, "Okay." So I, I sold everything I owned, and I drove cross-country not knowing anyone, and that was 16 years ago. And, uh, and you know, it was really interesting. It was like a total god thing because it was like I had never thought about my body in Boston. I mean, no one cares how they look in Boston. You never see anyone. It's like people wear wet hair. I've never seen anyone blow dry their hair. No, you go out with wet head in a snowstorm. Don't even. So it was like this whole weird thing of, like, everyone was so clothed and just... And the body thing, and I was starting to do the acting thing, and I, God bless Oprah Winfrey, just God bless her, but I read this thing in the paper, and it was a calorie thing, and I was like, that sounds like a good idea. Okay, let's start the calorie thing. And, you know, I was still abstinent, but for, I, and I'm just going to, you know, totally, my process was really a focus on weight for about 10 years, and it was really painful until I met a few cool people who really got me through that. But I really think since I came in so young I had to go through the normal things that a kid goes through as they develop in life, you know. And finally at about thirty two I said, I don't want to act anymore. I went to grad school, I said I don't like this, I don't need this, I don't this is I don't believe in this sort of focus on body and I don't need I need this like a hole in the head, you know. I just I can't handle it. And I got out and I moved to Pasadena. For the last ten years my life has just been like I'm actually going to say good, you know, even though I'm always like, people are like, oh, I have a good life, and I'll be like, I don't, you know, I don't have a good life. You know, it's that addict in me, I'm like, oh. because for a few years during the weight thing, I was like, God, I know you're punishing me, I know I've missed something, but I'm not sure what it is, but I know I'm bad somewhere. So, you know, under all the food addiction and all this stuff, at about 12 years of, of uh, abstinence and sobriety, I had to get outside help, you know, because I really, that self-hatred was so, and negative thinking was so unbelievable. I mean, my hobby, go home and just take yourself out. And so with the outside help, meeting some wonderful people and, uh, you know, working through those daily things, doing the service, I feel like at 43, I'm finally, like, back and I'm in my power, and it's not perfect by any stretch. But, you know, I feel like, like, I swear to God, like this Michael Jackson thing and my friend saying that he was anorexic because he's in the press and whatnot, and I thought, you know what? If the people, places, and things are not crashing before our feet between Wall Street, Hollywood, all the BS that is killing America and making us eat, the drive when we went, (laughs) you know, growing up in an Italian home, I, I realize people don't notice, it was like, if you're not the best, don't even try. Don't even bring it home. You know, it was this drop, the killer instinct. My father was always like, you got the killer instinct, you know, because I was good in sports. Just rage, actually. <laughs> so, you know, it was. It was like, uh, you know, I mean, it was just rage, rage against the machine. And, you know, as more and more I had, I, lived, I bought a condo and I lived, this lady moved in about two years ago. And she's a food addict. Well, I have the biggest resentment against her. I was like, why is she always in the kitchen?
1: I can hear her.
0: And it would make me so mad. I know what she's doing over there with the pots and pans. And it was like, I couldn't. So I put my iPod and music on. And then, you know, then I realized, let go and let go. You know, the things like my, my people keep telling me, my friends and the people that I really rely on, easy does it. Those things are so deep. You know, live and let live. Like it's not Christina in charge of what everyone's going to do on the planet Earth. And we are a ten, we tend to be a little controlling type, just a smidge. And I do get off on my daily list. You know, I've been off and it's pretty sad. I mean, I could take a list over a romantic weekend any day. If I can get through that list, I feel like a million bucks. But then there's more. I just put it right back, you know, get on the list and... So I've been off for, like, five days. I'm a teacher, and I know I'm kind of jonesing because it was a brutal year, but I've done about a thousand things in the last five days. I mean, nonstop. Car detail It's like, let's go. Okay, let's go. we got to clean the garage. and You know, and then I realize, chill. Just chill. That's why you have this vacation, because if you didn't, you'd probably – teachers would probably kill kids. No offense. It's just, you know, you need to chill out. So I'm going – in a week to Ireland, where my family's from, and you know, the addict at the center of the universe. <laughs> and I called about the meetings, and uh, they got a lot of them. They have a lot of our meetings of both kinds. And um, you know, I'm just really grateful to be alive because I'm one of those people. Really, I have that last picture, and my friend said, "You know, I was one step out of the out of the coffin, and it was I was so insane with the food." I wearing the baggy clothes, and I was in the theater and wearing black, and it was just so, it was so miserable. And I, I am a person that loves life, and I had no joy. I didn't smile, and, you know, it's, it's really like I've been talking about lately with a friend, is, you know, uh, what are you grateful for? What do you, what do you have? Because a lot of mornings I'll get up and I'll be like, I don't have a husband. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm a loser, you know. And, you know, with Facebook, I, you know, people, I went to this sort of elitist school, and they're like, I not only have a husband, but I have three wonderful children, and we travel. And, you know, it's like, you know, they're loaded, okay, that's it, or whatever. It's a different focus. And I'm like, well, I have a condo, and I work for the fabulous uh, school district, and it's just <laughs> wonderful, and I eat in my car and nap with my eye pillow. So, you know, but at least I know I'm sort of special ed. So on my trip to Ireland, this is so sad. So I've got everything ready. I've got my eye pillow, my headpiece ready, my snacks, you know, my hood, you know, because we are the hypersensitive type. It's like there's no skin. And we get very, 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 that's why I can't watch the news. I get very, very upset. You know, this, I, I was really just stunned with the Michael Jackson thing. I just was like, I get that, man. It's just, I'm so glad I made this choice to be alive. And, um, you know, it's the greatest thing. If, it, 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 When I do die, this will be, have been the greatest thing in my life, bar none. And I would do, I mean, I was like, where the hell is Ontario? I don't know where that is. It sounds like it's in Canada or something. (laughs) (laughs) And what's a 57 in raging water? This is awful. and It's 1,000 degrees. And, you know, but the reality is, you guys saved my life. So I owe it all back. And thank God I can have a good sense of humor. So it will be. My therapist said when I was going to see Aretha, she goes, do you think she's still fat? And I was like. She's a compulsive overeater. Of course she's still fat. Like, people are like, I was like, what, do you understand? No, she didn't, like, cut half of her boob off and, you know, lose weight. It's like, of course she's fat. So I'm going to see her tonight, and I'm not going to focus. I'm going to enjoy the party. But people don't know. You know, five minutes. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so basically what I do today is show up at meetings. And... Um, and uh uh, I have a sponsee. and um, what else? You know the basic that everyone does. I read the. Oh, I just started reading Emmett Fox, who was a real guy, big time from the big book, a daily thing. And today was weird because it talked about death, and I was like, wow, that Sarah thing. I don't know why it just really got to me. Seems big for some reason. And uh, you know, I meditate an hour a day. Now, when I say meditate an hour a day, I don't mean sit like this. You know, like the yoga people I see, I'm talking lying down. And if I fall asleep, that's legal meditation for me. Because as long as I'm trying not to use the old noodle, that's a thumbs up. You know, that's all. So, uh, yeah, In in acting school, they used to teach us, you know, get into the shoes of the character. So when I really am having a nutty day, I try to focus on my feet and just, you know, bring my energy down and get the hell out of the old cracker factory up here. You know, my sponsee has been this over for a long time and she talks about I guess the old timers in in uh AA used to talk about, you know, that you it, it, you think that you don't need meetings anymore and then you don't like the people and then you think the solutions are in your own mind and I'm like, "Oh, I've done that." You know, they don't get me. You know, th- I'm different and you know it's like the identify don't compare so it's really great to be here and because i'm sort of the chit-chatter <clears throat> type as you can tell um i'm trying to list not talk so much in meetings and just sort of absorb what everyone's talking about and i you know like i went a wednesday i felt like awful and i heard a lady starting to cry about like Awful things in her family, like suicide and stuff, and and I mean this, I felt so bad. But after she was done, I was like, I felt like a million bucks, you know? (laughs) What is that? Is that a cathartic? I don't know what that is. I was like, oh, thank God, I feel. I didn't want to tell him. You made me feel so much better, (laughs) you know? But you know, and in my 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 other fellowship and in OA, we're reading exactly. Literally, the same part of the big book at the same time. It's so weird, so it's the family afterwards and to the wives, and you know, I guess I just need to hear that right now over. That big book, man, is just unbelievable in the twelve and twelve, and so you know, just uh, just chipping away at the block, and you know I don't you know I, I do get into people' places and things like I want more in my life, but that doesn't really work. You know when you, I'm like, I gotta you know I'm, I'll get up, this is when I know I'm nuts. It's like I'll hear someone has something, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to hunker down. I am going to start writing the great American novel starting right now, an hour a day, you know, and, and then I'm tired and depressed, and then I have to let it go. And somewhere, I think the food gave me a relief from that. I think I was always that type A, but the food was like chill, chill. It let me zone out. Like Maslow says, it's that highest thing where you're kind of stoned, but it's like a good thing. So now I have to do that without getting high off of – I don't do sugar. Uh, I've never, I haven't eaten sugar in 22 years, but the flour, mostly not either. I didn't do that for years and years. And, you know, and, and just to fess up, I have been very sloppy with food and abstinence. There was a pseudo um, sugar item place that I discovered when I came to L.A. and I was in grad school, and it scared me. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm, I'm getting in line again. But, you know, for me, the absence has to – it can't be, like, rigid the way I started out. It just doesn't work for me. And – because this is my life. This is for the rest of my life. And when I go to Ireland, I don't know if they eat potatoes or something. I and mean, you just work it out, you know, and you do the best you can. But it can't – because that, that inner critic is really in me, like, Christina, you have to do it perfect or it's not, you know. And I, that's – in one minute – and so, you know, and so that's my illness. Now I know, you know, that, that little undercurrent of brutality, that's my illness. So more and more, not judging myself, not judging anyone else. I mean, if this recovery has not been Humility 101, I mean, every time I get on the high pony, I'm on the streets, face down, you know. And so, you know, like we heard early on, you don't eat no matter what. Whatever that means to you, and you just hold on, and then uh, like I'm reading this White Eagle and Emmett Fox, essentially keep chucking. We don't stop. You know, maybe you have a day where you chill, and but then we keep moving. And um, I'm just uh, thank God for the 12 steps that saved my life, and and really I would do anything. And, and for sure, uh, my greatest gift to myself was coming here. So thank you, thank you so much. And now uh, our speaker Ruth will speak for 20 minutes.
1: Um, okay, my name is Ruth, I'm a reader. Hi, Ruth. And I'm kind of upset because I had to follow Barbie, and I'm not fun and perky. And it's like, I'm like, okay, I don't know her, but she's too perky, I'm going to look boring, you know. No. So, um, so anyway, so we'll just do the best I can. I don't have funny jokes, but, um, but I wish, I wish I was perkier, um, but I am who I am. Um, let's see, I've um, been in program um, for, I don't know, I guess I should be grateful I don't know exactly now, I think it's, I think it's four years. I think it'll, I don't know, I don't know, I'm, I don't know why my head's out there. Um, my top weight's 286 and um, I used to proclaim that I was down 120 pounds and, um, um, and um, right now, I, I, you know, I, I started dating about um, six, seven months ago, and we, we go out more, and it's, it's really hard. I, I've gained, um, I think the, the last time I weighed, um, I'm about to do the weigh again, but I've gained 14 pounds. So my magnifying mind tells me I weigh 400 pounds or 500 pounds. And so, um, so I'm not in the best place that I've ever been, um, but I also think, okay, 14 pounds um, compared to what I could do. Um, and le- let me back up a little bit. I, um, I believe I was born a compulsive overeater. Um, my mom only recently, within the last few months, told me that before we even left the hospital, the nurses were trying to teach her how to breastfeed because I was, like, just couldn't – I was just draining both sides, making a big, giant mess because I just couldn't get it in me fast enough. Um, ever since I've been alive, um, I always felt different because I was fat and I had red hair and I wore glasses when I was four, so it was a, I was was a fat dork and I went to private school so I didn't fit in with the kids in the, in the neighborhood and um, so I ate. And I had a sneak because we weren't rich so We would go, um, I grew up in the 60s, and so then we would go to the egg store and the or the egg ranch and the bread store, and they always sold, like, um, hostess stuff or whatever it was, you know, like 10 for a dollar, and um, so my mom would buy stuff for the week. I'm the oldest of four kids, and she'd buy stuff, and um, I always felt like if I ate, if there was 10 of whatever it was, if I ate nine of them, and left something, or ate the entire package of cookies but left one. My black and white thinking was when she would say, "Who ate all the fill in the blank?" Um, it wasn't me. It was always that not me monster. But I, I never, I could honestly say, "Well, I didn't eat them all because I knew I had left like you know three crumbs, or you know, eat half of the last one." And um, so I just ate. I mean, I, I just, I ate all the time. I'd come home from um, school. And I have to change out of my uniform and, and um, do my homework, and then I'd be looking for something to eat. I mean, I just have my appetite. I could easily weigh 500 pounds or 600 pounds because I do not have um, – I don't get full. And I went out to dinner last night with a friend and um, a non-program friend, and when I was done with my – with my my portion that I had allotted, when I was walking out to the parking lot, um, I said to her, a non-program person, I said, you know, I said I'm making a commitment to you that I'm not going to eat any more of this food, and she looked at me like what? And I said, um, I said yeah, I said I really want the rest of this food because you know it's there, there's food left. And she looked at me like I was crazy, and she said, well, why would you eat it if you're full? And my first thought was, oh, wait, fine <laughs> you don't talk. You don't talk. I said, oh, you know, never mind. I said, I'm just kind of crazy sometimes. And I got in the car, and I thought, oh, my God, what are you trying to do? You cannot talk programs to normal people. They just don't get it. So um, anyway, um, so that was, a, that was a real big lesson learned. And I do tend to overshare. Um, I do tend to take surveys. I want everybody to like me, so I have to ask your opinion, and I have to ask your opinion, and I have to ask everybody. And then it's like, I don't know what to do, so I don't do anything. So I procrastinate because I just, if I do something, if you told me to do it this way and you told me to do it that way, I I can't do it both the same way, so I don't do anything. And so, so I now have a room upstairs that has been, like, inhabitable for Um, A couple years because it's full of stuff because I don't know where to start so um, fast forward um, when I was in 8th grade um, I weighed 200 pounds I got sent to the office I had to call my mom and tell her that I was overweight uh, that I was fat I had to go to the principal's office and call my mom and tell her I was fat and my mom's on the other line going like what? I just lied to you this morning I said I know I'm still fat (laughs) it's me I didn't get it She's like, what? Are you, what did they? What? And uh, it was just kind of crazy. Um, my sister got married in 1979, and I knew that this guy that I really liked from high school was going to be there. And it's like, okay, I got to do something. This is crazy. I weighed 250 at 251 when I weighed in and started Weight Watchers. Um, did really, really well, and I reached my goal weight. I got down to 137. And I was a little shiny, perky, you know, um, shining star because I was 20 something years old and, you know, all the, the older people that are now my age that were in, um, that were in Weight Watchers, um, you know, just thought, you know, I was young or whatever. And so, um, but then like normal, nothing changed. You know, I was still felt fat, ugly, stupid, um, different. I've always felt different, and I went on maintenance. You have to go on maintenance for, like, six weeks or something. I got my lifetime little pin because I wanted the pin because <laughs> I was goal-oriented, and then it's like, well, now what do I do? You know, I, I wasn't getting little fars anymore for losing um, weight. So I ended up gaining five pounds really fast and um, trying to get adapted to maintenance, and to me, five pounds was where my head would be with the 14 right now, it was like, okay, what's the point? And I ate everything that I hadn't had for however many years, a couple of years. And um, I have a stamped Weight Watchers book that documents that I gained 100 pounds in six months, going to Weight Watcher meetings every single week. So um, quickly, I quit going there. So that was when I was in college. Um, I graduated college in 1981, and I didn't join program till 2005. Um, my dad in the meantime got sober um, i I'm a child of alcoholic um, My sister died of alcoholism when she was thirty seven so we have a lot of isms in our in our family um, I believe that if I drank regularly, I would be an alcoholic because no matter what I do um, I'm now drinking two pots of coffee a day because I'm not willing to give that one up yet um, you know, I have an ice chest in the car with four sodas, and I left it in the car because I was working registration for two hours. That's it's like, well, I haven't had a soda in two hours, you know. Um, what I do today is I go to a, as many meetings as I can. I don't go to as many as I used to. I, I go to about, I'd say, four a week right now. Um, but I really feel like I still need more than that. Um, it's just not enough. But part of what I do is I'm black and white, and... I just um, I just can't do everything, and it's getting a lot better. Um, you know, I, I have acceptance now where I will stop something. And I was up really early this morning washing clothes because it's like a crazy weekend for three days. And I wanted to do one more load. My thing is one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Mm-hmm. And finally, it, it was nine o'clock, and I said I I need to get in the in the shower and, and and get moving. It's like nope, the sheets can just wait. You know, it won't. It won't, you know, it won't, uh, it'll be okay. So um, what I do today is I have a sponsoree. um, I have a lot of um, people that I talk to on the phone. You know, the telephone is a a really important tool for me. Um, I read um, not as much as I would like. I love the, I hated the big book when I first started. Um, The big book was my dad's book. He was an alcoholic. I wasn't an alcoholic. I didn't get the whole, all that doctor's opinion. And uh, my sponsor just said, just keep reading, keep reading. And it took me probably three or four months. And um, I, I did eventually make it through those 160 pages. Um, what I do now is I eat lunch by myself out by this helicopter pad at work. And I have my, I have a, a faith daily meditation. I have the voices of recovery. I have my, my daily um the Voices of Recovery, and what's the third one? The Food for Thought. Sometimes I use that one, um, and I and I read, and um, uh, I need I need those. Um, and what I do now when I'm at work, work is probably the hardest place for me to practice my program. Okay, thank you. And um, now what I do when work when I'm allowing work to get into get to me is I go downstairs, I go into the handicap bathroom, I get on my knees. I do the whole, we pause when agitated, and ask for direction, and thy will not mind. I'm a total control freak. Um, they don't do it my way, um, but now I know I don't have to eat over it. Um, I have a, a, a party thing tonight at 5, and I know that I have to leave here at 4 and go home and eat first, or I will get myself in trouble. Um, what else do I do? I try to walk as much as I can, but I, I just haven't been able to as, as much lately. And probably the biggest thing as I do is I try to be gentle on myself. Um, what I get a lot is I get a lot of um, when I'm talking to other people is when I say things that they need to hear that's what I need to hear, or other people say it to me. Um, the, just, the just for today, the just for today is my biggest thing. Um, I can go to work and deal with the craziness just for today. Um, I cannot have something just for today. Um, I hear God through other people, and um, I um, i don't want to embarrass anybody. So what I heard one time when I was struggling with um, something that I allow myself to have, Um, once a week frozen yogurt. I don't, I don't, my bottom line abstinence is I don't eat desserts. Um, I have non-fat frozen yogurt, the smallest one, once a week. And when that was becoming more than I was, um, you know, with the obsession, what was suggested to me was, well, maybe you better only have it every other week.
0: Um,
1: And so I was very grateful for that. And um, that's what we do for each other, you know. We, the things that are um, obvious to other people um, in program sometimes you have to hear yourself or you'll say something to somebody else that you'll think, okay, yeah, well maybe if I, um, I do weigh my protein. Um, Right now I'm still too much of a quantity person, Um, I have two fruits a day and um, I, I, I like being you know i like i like i like bulk um, I'm still way too much about bulk and um, you know salad bars or whatever um, i I like being full and i just um but I know that when I'm willing to um, when I'm willing to give it up I'll be able to give it up. Um, and you know, and then other people say, for God's sake, they're vegetables. So you want to eat two tomatoes? Big deal, or you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, I don't weigh. I don't weigh carrots. I I'm, I'm put them in the colander and I dump a couple handfuls into a bag or whatever. And then my magnifying mind says, this is like too much. This is bizarre or whatever. And it's you know, it is what it is. Um, what else do I do? Tools. And, um, I try to do as much service as possible. Um, I open um, up the meetings one day a week. Um, I, um, I, well, really, I guess two meetings. Um, I work at the, the youth meeting as well. We started that at, um, a year or so ago, and um, I don't even think I need a minute because I don't know what else to say. I'm just um, I. I don't want to just burn up the time just to burn it up, but um, I just, I guess my closing thing is just be gentle on yourself and and just keep coming back because what I've been most blessed with is people that I see very regularly and I see, you know, one day we're like this and one day we're like this and, you know, my thing is I'm kind of codependent and I want to, okay, well, let's fix this and it's just like, you know what, just the easy does it and just one day at a time because, we really can do anything for one day at a time if we just are willing to ask for higher power for the health. And um, so anyway, so thank you. Um, all right, so
0: thank you. Uh, we will now have ten minutes of questions from the Ask It Basket. If there are not enough questions, the Ask It Basket, the speaker can be give a second choice. Okay, um, Okay. so do you, want, do you want to do it?
1: Pull out a question? Sure. Yeah, yeah? Okay. <clears throat> I did, that, did this already go around and everything? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I see the name. Go to bed. Um, okay. How do you process your feelings when you think someone is judging how you do your abstinence? Um, okay. hmm. Oh, um, it says, how do you process your feelings when you think someone is judging how you do your abstinence um, my first thought is um, other people's opinions of me doesn't doesn't is none of my business um, I am a people pleaser and I and I want people um, you know I want people to like me but my abstinence for me and what I tell every newcomer that I ever can I had them a newcomers package and I said don't Don't have a sponsor that defines what your abstinence is. Don't listen to people in meetings that say, in order to be abstinent, you have to not eat um, flour and white sugar. Um, Your abstinence is between you, your higher power, and your sponsor. And some people refrain from certain things, and some people, um, you know, your abstinence is just what it is. Um, If somebody told me that I couldn't have you know diet soda um, endlessly it, it wouldn't work I mean we're control people so why do I want somebody else telling me now that's not really related to my feelings um, my feelings is I guess I just I, I guess my feeling I don't know I've never thought about it before but um, I went to another program For a a while, and I liked the um, I liked the recovery that was in there, Um, but I saw just as much compulsive behavior in there, kind of going the other way, and it just wasn't working for me. And so, um, like I said, my bottom line abstinence is is no sugar, and I don't know what will happen when the day comes um, that if I do decide to have sugar. Because I'll feel like I broke my abstinence and I can't go back because everybody's going to judge me. But yet, I know that's not the case because I hear people all the time come in and say, you know, what they ate the night before. And it's like, okay, well, today's a new day. What's the big deal? So maybe that's just God's way of getting me ready for if that day ever happens for myself. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I am gentler on other people than I am on myself. Mm -hmm. So, Mm
0: -hmm. Um, sure. Sure. what do step oh Chris what step do you think is the most important um the first one kind of get you there and yeah, kind of get you started on the uh, program and once you do that one it just makes you want to do more so
1: cool. mm-hmm. do you want to do the other question too no that was enough
0: um oh another one Chris <laughs> what's it like <laughs> being a
1: kid with this disease Well,
0: um, hard because, because other kids they look at you and they think that you're different because some, like, some people will be running and you'll want to run with them and just you just can't keep up with them and so it's just harder and everything and so people will tease you and yeah. um, Just to go back to that first one, um, you know I can feel when someone's judging me. I wasn't born yesterday. You know, it's that look. Maybe having a mother who just, you know, just was on me. But, you know, and I actually just hung out with a, a woman yesterday who was judging me. She's a She was a model, so she dresses impeccably, you know. And I barely cannot keep a coffee stain off of my face. <laughs> That's impeccably. And she'll be like, hmm. you know, hmm. And... You know, in a way, cuz I really thought about it. I thought, you know what? It makes me hold in myself more. Like this is me. I'm not supposed to be you. I'm not even interested in looking quaffed. I don't I want to get up 20 minutes before I leave the door. That is my agenda. And so, you know, it's okay. It's like okay, so you're judging me. That's fine. But the other end of the spectrum is Am I judging other people? And if that's the case, then I need to clean house, you know, because it's not cool. It's just I'm not God, you know, and everyone has their own path. And like that Native American thing, I do not know what people have been through. I don't. And for me to stand on my high horse, but I'll tell you, 22 years of abstinence has knocked that out of me. I really, I, I really on, my, on a good day, don't feel judgmental because I, I feel like I've done everything wrong. I've done so many terrible things. Not, you know, not terrible, like, but, you know, I've sort of lost it a few times. And then you realize, you know, this is humanity. And so, um, and sometimes in meetings, people will say, you're intense. Or, wow, you have a lot of energy. Now, I hear the subtext of that. I went to acting school. I don't <laughs> care. You know what I mean? So I can get through a few days, you know? It's okay. So I'm Italian. That's the way we're built. And you know what? I don't. I, all, I thought if I was absent, I would turn into like this blonde little wallflower, just sort of going through the fields, and just I would turn into a blonde. And no, actually no. And it's okay. You know what? Live and let live. Thank God for the palette of humanity that we're all such different people. And and I'm not here to be perfect or fit under anyone else's equations. Um, so that's, that's a real liberation. Yeah. Um, anyone want to say anything? I don't, we have a few minutes left. Does anyone want to...
1: Yeah. I'm Daryl, compulsive overeater. Hi, Daryl. Uh, I'd just
0: like to say that, uh, that I think that because of the young people's meeting, that uh, it brings a,
1: an opportunity for a new level of service to the people in recovery that the kids can't get to the meetings on their own, and a lot of times they don't have parents that are willing to because parents aren't in
0: recovery themselves. But if you're in recovery and you know a kid that needs to be at that meeting,
1: why don't you do some service and help them get there? That's all i like Thank you. That's a, give a
0: rise. Right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, it is now time to close this workshop. Please clo- um, join me in a moment of silence, followed by. Do you have a prayer on your choice? Trinity Okay.
1: To change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back. It works if you work it.